Welcome to the Contractor Success Forum. Today, we're taking a deep dive into construction gross margins. On the Contractor Success Forum, we discuss how to run a more profitable, successful construction business. And with us, we have Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company CPAs, and Stephen Brown with McDaniel Whitley Bonding and Insurance Agency. And I'm Rob Williams with Irongate Entrepreneurial Support Systems. And today is a deep dive on construction gross margins. Man, that has been a deep discussion for the whole career I've been in, even all the way back to estimating in high school. How much did you make on that job? What was that? Right, right. Yeah, and define, if you would, Wade, what is a gross margin? Well, the calculation is relatively simple, but the factors that go into it can be tricky. And that's why we're talking about this a little bit today, but the calculation is simply, hey, here's the construction revenue we got. Here's the cost of sales that went into it. You subtract that off and that net amount is the gross margin or gross profit, if you will. And if you take that number, that gross profit number and divide it by the total sales, that is your gross profit percentage. So that's a simple calculation, but it can be very confusing. Let's talk about that for a second. Cause one of the, actually the most common questions I get are like the words, gross margin, margin, profit, net profit, gross profit, which, which ones you, and I actually hear it used incorrectly sometimes. And then just the word gross sometimes will come out. We know that, and you just said the revenue that you take in minus your cost of goods sold equals gross profit. Well, what else do you call that? Gross margin? And then gross profit sometimes is, some people mean net profit. <laughs> but correctly speaking, Wade, how would you, you're the accountant, when you're the bonding guy too, what are the correct words they should be using? Well, I see gross profit so much on the financial And you see it every day. I think of it that way, but you know, maybe we should change the title of this to There's nothing gross about gross margins. It's a beautiful thing to have that. And so, Wade, tell us a little bit about- I think I hear butterfly music playing in the background, Stephen. That's beautiful, man. You know, I I try to be positive on this podcast. (laughs) But Wade, what is it that we need to know that we can learn from studying our gross margin or gross profit and what it means to the profitability of our company? Well, just to kind of go back to what Rob was saying, the difference between gross profit and net profit is really your overhead. And that's part of where the misconception is of what should go into job costing, because some contractors define it as this direct cost of labor, materials, subcontract. But a lot of times there's other things that should be allocated, truck, equipment, you know, depreciation, those kind of things. But, so everything you allocate to a job cost, is that part of your gross margin? Absolutely. Yes. And like I said, the difference between gross and net is that overhead. So defining what goes in which bucket can skew this. And part of the, the misconceptions and the problem is people being consistent in where they place certain costs. Right. From an insurance standpoint, I try to get people to understand, take your workers' comp and general liability. It's based on payroll and tied to job cost. Sometimes it's hard to do that for specific pieces of equipment or vehicles. And then you still have the problem of making your 
contractors understand that they do have overhead. It's real and it's something you got to account for and bend your job. And to clarify that definition, the specific thing I hear is they say, well, this is my gross margin. So then they think gross profit can't be the same thing. So then they naturally think gross profit is net profit. So gross margin and gross profit, if you use those two words, are the same things. Yeah, they can be used interchangeably. Yeah, and some people will say margin means a percentage, but I I think we're really splitting hairs when you say 30%. Well, that's gross margin, and then a dollar amount's profit, but I don't know that that's true. Right, and there's another concept of contribution margin that I don't really want to go into today. I want to stay on the Okay. Here. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to get into there. I know most of you listeners know this, but for the ones that don't, most people are too embarrassed to ask that question. So you don't have to ask because we told you gross margin and gross profit are the same. Net profit is that one after the overhead, just in case you've been confused on that somewhere because you hear other people use it improperly. And you Very may good. want to listen to our podcast on financial ratios. listeners. Yes. <laughs> That's no right. Way. There's a lot of terms thrown around in that episode. All right. Well, great. Okay. Now that we have that one clear, do we have our definition, Wade? Is that our definition of gross margin cleared up? Well, I think there are definitely some differences. And I do think there is a big difference in markup versus margin. Definitely. If we take a simple example of, say, you bought something for a hundred bucks and you're going to sell it for 120 bucks. Well, that difference, that $20 difference is a 20% markup, but that is not your gross margin. Your gross margin is 120 minus 100 is $20 divided by your total sales, which would be 120. So that gives you a 16.7% gross margin. And a lot of people really think, hey, I'm, I'm getting 20% when they're not really getting that, they don't understand the calculation. Does that make sense? It really does. And I think when we learn accounting, we start with revenue and then we'll say, oh, the percent of the revenue is 20% gross margin or say it's 25. Let's just say it's 20%. So we think 20% would be our markup. And then that's not right because That's the way we tend to learn it. Revenue and then going down revenue minus your cost equals margin. When we get in the real world, we start with the cost. So it's backwards. So you've got the cost first because you estimate how much it is. And then you determine your price most of the time. You usually don't know the price first. Dad used to always tell me, just hit the divide button. That's how I remember. It's the divide button. And so you have to say one minus the 20% is 80%. So you divide by 0.8. And that's a big difference because like you just said, if you have a bigger margin, say it's a 25% margin, well, that's going to be a 33% markup. And the larger you go, the bigger the difference. And I can't believe how many experienced people still don't get that. So when you're reading your financial statement, you're multiplying the revenue times that percent gives you the gross margin, but you have to divide by one minus to use the correct margin. Well, I think that's just an indicator of some of the problems that a lot of people have in estimating. They think, hey, we marked it up X amount and I'm making 40%. And then their misconception about like overhead, which I know we could do a whole deep dive on that as well. But, you know, they think that their overhead is X percent. So 
they're not really making the numbers they should be making and they can yeah. think they're making. Yeah. So maybe I can say that more simply when you're looking at your financial statement, those are as a percent of the revenue where most of the time you want to know what they are as a percent of the cost. So you're starting with your cost. Let me ask you this Wade, and Rob too. So you're a contractor and you're bidding things tight enough that you think you're going to get the job. You have a break-even point. You have a minimum amount of gross profit on the job, but you really feel in your heart and your bones, you can just tweak out a little more profit in it. What are the problems with that versus someone that is crazy about their costs going into it, knowing exactly what they are and providing a kind of a risk factor to that and still trying to, to pull off consistent numbers? Did that make sense? I think what you're asking is somebody that has a good handle on what their gross margin is and what goes into it. They know whether they can squeeze out that little or they can cut that a little bit more. Well, that's the game. That's the game contractors play is how do I make this job outperform my estimates? And what I'm hearing you both say is you got to know that your estimates are right in order to battle them. Yeah, that's a big topic on, I think there were two parts to that question, but the the big part is knowing your cost. And this is really a different subject, but sticking to what you know a lot of times, so you'll know how to do it. I know one job that you bonded for me, we had one line item. We did the hardy plank that was pre-painted didn't exist in our catalogs yet. This was like the first one. So we put the wrong, we put the non-painted hardy plank in there. And that took our whole profit out of the job. We weren't used to doing these dormitories and we were a distributor of Hardy Plank, but just the regular part, but it was something unfamiliar and we got it and, and we ate it, but yeah, knowing what those are and, and sticking in your, where you are and having your systems and processes for that. So you're not just a desk just full of paper, with all these calculations or even lost in the computer. That's actually even more dangerous when you don't know how your computer system works. I've seen that. Those are bigger yeah. systems because we used to actually have our rules of thumb. So we would check with our, we may have 10 factors, some kind of square foot factor, just to make sure we were in the ballpark to make sure there wasn't some decimal point wrong. It, it just takes one tiny little thing in a computer to just be way off base. I think Stephen hit on one of the points, like, what can you learn from this? Can you learn whether you, you can squeeze out that bit a little bit? But generally speaking, if you're watching it over time and you're consistent, you can tell if you're winning or losing. You can tell if you know, your margin is slipping or usually it's, it's going the wrong way, especially with costs. But, you know, if there's ways to improve it and you're trying to get more efficient, sometimes it can go the right way, but it takes consistently looking at it in the same way. Yeah. I think finding your niche that's profitable. I know we did a lot of lean manufacturing, so I guess we got a little overconfident. We were extensively lean manufacturers back in that day. So we pretty much thought we could do anything cheaper and better than anybody else. Yes, you can be really good and efficient at something, but I think there's a huge factor of bidding the right jobs and the stuff that match you. That's a bigger factor of the margin, I think, than your performance, which we completely, we, we didn't put enough emphasis on bidding the right jobs. We thought we could do any job cheaply. Well, that absolutely leads into situations where it's not comparable because there are times where 
your gross margin may be fluctuating and sometimes it's a mix of your jobs. Yep. I know Rob's writing a whole book on that, but yeah, <laughs> the pumpkin plan for contractors. Right. Yeah, we had houses that are sticks to brick margin, which is a different margin. That's one way, our, just our hard direct costs that went in there. We had a little 101 plan, a thousand square feet. That we made a 40% margin. And then we had some houses, we made 16% margin. I don't know why we built those. They were real pretty and it was good. And the agents always said, we can sell it, but. I don't know why we were building houses that we made 16% margin on, <laughs> but it, it was interesting. They're drastically different. The classic example is somebody that does general remodeling or something, and they make X amount on a kitchen and X amount on a bathroom and X amount on a basement. And if you do a whole bunch of basements in one year and you're not doing something that might have higher margins, like a kitchen, they can swing wildly. And if you're not looking at the inputs that go into it, it can be very confusing. I think that answered my question about why there are these swings and mm. how you can tr control those. We talked about throughput in one of the episodes where how fast you can get in and out. That can swing that margin. One of the other things is you could have a construction management job where you have virtually no costs in it versus one that's heavy on the materials and subcontractors versus your standard one where you do labor in-house. Yeah. A lot of those factors, you can't say they're apples to apples. And sometimes you've got to break down your jobs and do a gross margin job by job, or yep. at least category by category. Stephen, you and I had lunch with uh, that underwriter that day, and his question was, how do people know how they're doing on the job as it's going? And only one time can I remember in one system, one of my companies, we actually had purchase orders. And then we had variance purchase orders. And that really worked out well because you had an ongoing track, every variance purchase order, whether it was under or over, it was created. So we knew exactly where we were. It was a little bit of a burden, but we knew exactly where we were at all times, every single invoice and it gave, the computer gave us a running system. That was the only system that I used that did that. Usually we just didn't really know till we finished. We would wait till everything come in and then it's like, oh, is everything in? You think everything's in? Okay, let's see the more. Oh, great. We made money. And then a week later, two more invoices came in. We're like, oh man, we didn't make what we thought we made. <laughs> yeah. I understand well, that. that. I know this sounds very self-serving being the accountant in here, <laughs> but well, sometimes the truth's the truth. Yeah. Of 30 years of doing this, I would say I look at the contractors that are most profitable, those are the ones that are spending the time and understanding what their true job cost is and really getting a handle on it. And it's something that the owners do not want to spend time and money figuring this stuff, but they want the information. So I guess that's a common theme. I know it sounds self-serving. <laughs> no, that's it's really important. And yes, we are self-serving on having people help you and do those things, but you know, you need it. Maybe you can do it yourself. That's great. But at least know and have that vision that it is possible to know where you are on a job. I think some people just think that you know, they just assume it is what it is. And there's no way to know that. So they don't even know to reach out to a wait or. or and they don't even know what questions. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they don't ask, their, ask their professionals. So what is that line, Stephen? What? what is your favorite line? 
You don't know what you don't know. That's right. You don't, you don't know, know what you, you don't, don't know. know. But you also have to know how to ask for what you want from your professionals. This is everything. I sit here as a bond agent telling you honestly, I'm not a contractor and I'm not an accountant. And that's the key to my success. I do what I do all day, day in and day out. But tracking the job cost and the variances of those costs is everything. We've talked about that over and over again. It sounds so boring guys and it sounds like such a headache but there's so much power in it now it may not apply to you it may not apply to your type of construction business but i think this is a great topic and listeners if you listened all the way to this end we hope you're gonna get that point that information that you need to understand to make more profit that's what we're all about yeah well, let's let's talk about one of the other subjects, Wade, where they're not comparable. What is the best way to find out how you're really doing? I think, Stephen, the best way is when we're at those conventions, we go to the bar and we talk to other contractors and we say, how are you doing? What are you making? What's your margin? Uh, they don't want to talk about way? that crap at the bar. You don't think that's the best? No, well, no. we always talk about that at the bar. No, maybe maybe, maybe you and Wade like, do. I'm making on my jobs. Maybe you, you know? and Wade do, but I, I, that's not what I talk <laughs> about at a bar. But no, I understand your point. What What are your concerns? When we talk about what we're supposed to be making on these jobs and what is the market rate, how, what should our margin be? What should our markup be? Whichever one right there is one word. When you start talking to your buds about this, I mean, that it's funny that you get these reports, you know, but how accurate, where did those come from? And then you start talking to your friends and you start asking them because how much are you supposed to be making on your peers? That's what you find out. Are those always the same way? Is is one guy's margin when he says he's making 25% and then the other guy down the street says he's making 25%? Are they making the same amount? And how well, do you know they're not they full do. of it, Wade? Yeah. <laughs> if they're, at a, bar, if they're at a bar, they're making crazy gross profits. Yeah. Well, I've never met a business owner that they nobody wants to admit they're not doing well. And they <laughs> but want But that's when you to, need to ask for help. But- it's very common to say I'm getting all this margin, and sometimes you might be surprised. I know it's always what Stephen was saying: a game of if I make it too high, I'm going to lose the job. But if you make it too low, you can wreck your company. Yeah. Well, seriously though, in answering this question, I used to be in some builder groups and some contractor groups, and and we would go around and we'd actually look at each other's financials, and that was really good. Most of them you don't get that deep, but we did have some that were very analytical, and we started looking at margins, and that's when a, a real big light bulb went off, and I'm like, wait, you've got that up in your job cost. We don't have that in our job cost, or the the reverse because we had a lot of stuff that we just didn't know how to allocate. So it was part of our overhead, like our advertising. We did a lot of big billboard and TV advertising. So we just had a line item that was down below. And some people count that. Some people count the commission to the agents in their job costs. It's for direct costs. Some people don't. Ours fluctuated and it came out in the average. So ours was below the line because it was like sold in-house. We paid very low. But if it was sold with an outside agent, it would be double or triple. So we just wanted to see an average. We didn't want to penalize those particular jobs. So we didn't allocate it up there. So our margin appeared a lot higher 
then it didn't even interest because we wouldn't borrow on some houses and we borrowed all on another job. So all for us, a lot of that was below the line. So when we got in those meetings, we realized, oh, when you're saying 20, you mean 30. And, and I mean 30, I mean 20. So you got to know what you're including in those gross margins. I don't know if there is a standard. We didn't use it if there was one. Is there a standard of what you put up there and what you leave down below? Well, that's all we do is convince people in the bonding when someone wants to go after a job that they don't normally do. And they say, I think I can make good profit. I've got a guy that's done these type of projects before. This is some of what we do already. And the rest of it, we understand. Yeah. I think we're back to the same question, comparing apples to apples. And I wouldn't pay attention to what the guy down the street does. Just make it consistent for you. Generally accepted accounting principles has some pretty much some guidelines on those kind of things, but a lot of times it is still up to interpretation. So again, get some advice on this, but be consistent. Well, it did help me in the trade organizations sort of answering my own question. That's how I started to really feel like I was in the right place of the margins. And then depends on what you're in. You may, it's, it may be in a appraisal of property or if you're if you're building for the market or something like that on what what you're going to do but usually most of our contractors are not building to sell i don't think so finding those out finding some benchmarks maybe the bonding agents they can figure out what the benchmark the profit should be and hopefully you're good with your costs so i think it depends on which type of job you have and and try to get with peers trade groups those kind of things to try to figure out where you should be I thought that was a good comment about make it consistent for you. We'll I mean, end it on that note because I, I mean, think apples that's to apples. Like I said, understand sometimes you got to break it out and segment it based on the type of job you're doing, but it can teach you a lot and it can teach you if you're slipping and there's so much to doing it. I recommend everybody take a deep dive, figure out what it is really for you and Look at it regularly. Right. There's nothing well, gross about gross margin. Yeah, that, that should be the title of this, this no. show. But Thank you both. This has been our contractor success form. There's nothing gross about gross margins. So find us on YouTube. Please subscribe so we can help many other people see it. The more of you guys that help us by subscribing on YouTube, the more it'll actually get out there for us. You'll really do us a favor, appreciate it. And then you can actually make comments on there too. We'd love to hear from you guys. So look on our YouTube channel. It's Contractor Success Forum and listen to our next show. We appreciate you.